Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Okay podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And today I think we're really going to live up to our tagline of a very chill podcast for creative business women because the title of today's episode is Trust Me, I'm an Influencer. <laughs> and if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that the I word is one of my most detested words. I hate it so much. (laughs) I just, I think it has a lot of negative connotation to it thanks to the world of shitty influencers. But regardless, what we're going to talk about today is kind of the good, the bad, the ugly of working with influencers, how to approach them, all of that good stuff, how to make sure you find one that doesn't suck. Uh, And I think it's, it's a lot to cover. It is a lot to cover. I love how we you know, our notes say how to approach one because to me it's like how to approach a lion in the wild. <laughs> right. But I mean, when we talk about how to approach one, it's going to be because you've already figured out a good one. Correct. And if you figured out a good one that's going to actually be beneficial for you and your business, you want to approach it in the right way. One of the worst times in my adult life was when my mom said, are you an influencer? Oh, no. (laughs) And I said, no, I'm not. Please don't ever call me that ever again. (laughs) You know, she's that word from your vocabulary. She's in her 60s. She's learning about, you know, these things. She's hearing this word and she's like, oh, that sounds like Sam. It's not, mom. If you're listening to this, which I know you're not, it's not. Influencers are, they're an interesting part of your marketing strategy. Wouldn't you agree? They are. I don't think that they are a necessary evil for everyone. Mm -hmm. They can be a necessary evil depending on what market you're in. Agreed. But it's basically a form of advertising, right? It's paid placement. Yep. So it is. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like that's it. It's one of Glitter Guide's bread and butter, right? Is doing these paid placements with brands, creating content on like the editorial side. I there's a big scope of what influencers can do for you and your brand and I but I think today when we talk about influencers, I think we're going to focus mostly on social media, right? Because I think that is where the the term influencer kind of applies to the most in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know that anyone has the budget to work with an influencer on anything other than maybe a social post. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because when we do a paid placement with brands, like that's a big, big investment for them. And it's, that's why it's usually these big time brands who, who have those deep ass pockets. Deep ass pockets. You know, (laughs) just like your mom asked if you were an influencer, Brett sometimes jokingly with jest will call me an influencer and I always am like don't fucking say that yeah <laughs> because remember you know that um that beautiful canned wine that I really like Weston Wilder yes it's got this really cool like um almost like a tattoo looking illustration of flowers on this yeah you know on their can of wine and I 
that's quite literally the reason it caught my eye on the bottom shelf at Lazy Acres. <laughs> I was like, this is a beautifully designed package. I think I need to purchase this. So I bought it. I brought it home. And I just took a very simple photo of the cans on my counter. And the company, and I tagged the company in it just because I legit was excited about how pretty their their cans were. And the company then sent me a bunch of free wine. And so ever since then, Brett is like, you're a wine influencer. I'm like, I am definitely not a wine influencer. And again, like delete that word from your vocabulary because he uses it. He tends to use it around people who might actually think that and repeat it. And I don't want that reputation at all. What a turd. turd. (laughs) I'm like, words matter, Brett. Words matter. Yeah. Yep. I know. I Steven will kind of mess with me sometimes with that too. And all the guys at his barber shop will say something about it. Like, well, you're an influencer. You should do this. I'm like, if I swear to God, if you call me that word. <laughs> and I, I feel like I'm already like starting off on a negative Nelly foot with influencers because I'm like, don't call me that. But good Lord, they have gotten out of control <laughs> in it's the past so four years. And like, And now there's the whole TikTok element of it, too, which is kind of crazy. Today's going to be a little bit of a bitch session, we decided. We're we're in the mood. We're in the mood to bitch. But we'll we'll provide some information, too. Um, (laughs) But I always see, like, news articles about so-and-so is the top earner for TikTok and made $10 million. And I'm like, who? Like, am I just old? I don't know who these people are. What are they influencing? What do they do? What's their, what's their jam? And I think the thing that stresses me out about influencers these days is there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason, you know, to how they gain their popularity. It's it's the platform. It's, you know, whatever their pull is. And it's kind of terrifying. (laughs) It's super terrifying. What's terrifying is that kids grow up like wanting to be an influencer or a YouTuber, right? Like that terrifies me to my core. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have definitely, Rocky has not said that thankfully, but I have had friends whose kids have been like, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. I, and I'm like, no, 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 this, we're doing something wrong. If, if that's what you guys are thinking, we are incorrect here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Parents don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Parents don't encourage your child to be an influencer either. <laughs> no, you know, they just kind of like, there's no rhyme or reason to who becomes an influencer. They just like literally come out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. It must be something with their personality that people latch on to. Yeah. Or they're just doing something that's like so mind numbingly entertaining that people, it's almost like a drug and they just can't get enough of it. Yeah. I think a lot of it too is timing. You know, like a lot of these, especially on TikTok and stuff, these influencers just kind of happen to be the first people on it, right? They they saw an opportunity and they grabbed it and they, you know, are reaping the rewards for that, which is like good on them. Does it mean they're talented or skilled in any way? No, not necessarily. <laughs> no. So, I mean, with influencers, the other big thing about it that drives me absolutely insane is because of the pull that influencers have, there are so many wannabes out there. So, so many wannabes. And they're so easy to spot too, right? Like it's, you can see them sticking out like a sore thumb. But there are a ton of people who want to be influencers and therefore are going to hit you up for free shit. <laughs> That's always their first step, right? Yep. My dead giveaway in spotting one (laughs) is that their Instagram feed is mostly photos of themselves. Yeah. Yep. That's usually a flag that gets thrown up when I 
see that. But yeah, they just they ask for free shit. And I think my one of my biggest beefs with influencers is that they to me, it feels like they're more entitled than your average human. For sure. And that entitlement is like, that's something that will always bother me. And I could do a whole episode on why Taylor Mm -hmm. hates entitled people. (laughs) But yeah, that. uh, Woof. That's like my number one pet peeve in the world is entitled people. I swear to God, I'm I'm not I'm not being dramatic for the sake of this episode. Entitled people are. Oh, they make me want to pull my hair out. And I think that they're a huge problem in a lot of things, not just social media. But like you said, that's a whole other episode. (laughs) Not to get too psychological here, diving into, you know, all of that stuff. But yes, the entitlement. And I have worked not just with Glitter Guide, but, you know, with a number of other brands and have been on the receiving end of the requests from influencers. And the thing that always kills me is when they identify themselves as an influencer. (laughs) They're like, send an email. Hey, I'm so-and-so, a blogger, influencer, and content creator. And let me just say to anybody out there who is hoping to get on the influencer train, if you have to call yourself an influencer, you're not. And it's an immediate turnoff. Yep. I feel that. I feel very similarly to how people use the word educator now. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that in our, our pet peeves episode, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So if you have to call yourself an influencer or you have to call yourself an educator, mm-hmm. you're trying too hard. Yep. Yep. It's not a job title <laughs> that, well, educator, you know, if you're legit, but I mean, influencer is not a job title. It's not a qualification for something. It's not a way you should be pitching yourself. So uh, let's talk a little bit about from the brand side, because, you know, we have a lot of creative entrepreneurs listening to this who I'm sure are getting approached on the daily from influencers and how to respond to them. Yeah, you know, this is something that happens a lot in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's just hard because, you know, I think anybody listening who gets asked for free shit, sometimes you're stoked, stoked to do it, but other times it actually is a financial burden on your business. Yeah. Right. Depending on what the ask is. So I am always very skeptical. And I've learned this, right? Like this is a this is a learned level of skepticism. Didn't come out the womb like this, even (laughs) out the womb skeptical. Um, I'm always very wary of people who are asking for things, and the Mm -hmm. only thing that they have to offer you in exchange for that is finger quote exposure. (laughs) Yep, and that's services and products. Yes. Like, especially, you know, like you said, in the wedding industry, photographers, calligraphers, florists, like, I'll do this for you. Like, you'll get great exposure if you submit your work and hours and time for free. And yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I have to make a disclaimer here that I get a lot of free shit from Glitter Guide, like a lot, but. I never ask for it because that feels so cringy to me. You know, Glitter Guide, Taylor and I talk about this all the time. Like, it's amazing the amount of people that feel comfortable reaching out to brands. I mean, like, hey, will you give me this for free in exchange for exposure? But when a PR company reaches out to us and they're like, hey, we want to send this to you. And if you like it, you can write about it on Glitter Guide. That is different, right? That's a different side of the coin there. Um, So, I mean... I I can't talk too much shit on getting free stuff <laughs> because well, I do it. <laughs> well, you receive it. Like it's very yeah. different when just like for most things in life, when someone is asking for it, right? Or you're just out of the blue receiving it because someone else decided they wanted to to gift it. So, you know, I mostly 
I, I have less of an issue with companies or PR firms or whomever who are taking the time to research people who have um, a broad or targeted audience in the, in the same space as them and then deciding, hey, we should probably put our stuff in their hands. Like I've done that. Mm-hmm. Like all I've done is, well, not all I've done, but what I mean is I have reached out to someone and asked them for their mailing address because I wanted to send them the product, right? Like that's totally different than the reverse. Yeah. Again, because it's like, it's not selfish and entitled. <laughs> yeah. So much. It's, just, it's so cringy. I, that's the only word I can think of to describe it. Like the audacity. Yes. <laughs> the yes. audacity. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, so when someone does reach out and I mean, I think at some point, almost every business owner is going to get an email like this. And the first mm-hmm. time you get one, you're like, that's super exciting. Like someone is interested in my product. Right. So maybe you send it to them, but don't make the same, don't make these fundamental mistakes. Um, even if you are excited about working with this particular person, um, because you want to make sure that you are truly getting value from sending something their way. And so one of the most important things to do before you, you know, as you start drafting your email response is do some research and figure out if their audience is actually who you want to put your product in front of, or is their account full of a bunch of fucking fake paid followers? Hello. Yes, that is such a big one that I think um, people don't realize is a factor because people buy followers, they buy likes, you know, they buy engagement, whatever. And that is, I think, the number one thing to look at when you're you're looking at someone's audience because we've talked a lot before about vanity numbers, right? Like somebody can have fifty thousand followers and have lame engagement compared to someone with 5,000 followers, right? And so if you're putting your product in the hands of someone with 50,000 followers and it's just kind of falling on deaf ears, you might get more bang for your buck with this 5,000 follower count person uh, who has a really engaged audience. But so it's more than just looking at that overall number. You kind of want to dig in a little bit, like go to their most recent posts, see Click on the like, see who liked it. You can tell what fake likes are because they're usually like very foreign, right? <laughs> or like or just a string of numbers and letters and numbers and periods. And yep, it's really easy to tell. But if it looks like legitimate real people, cool. Yeah. You know, um, I worked with a client last summer and she had previously worked with a pretty big PR firm. Um, I'm going to be very vague in all of this because if I, if I say like, if I drop even the tiniest breadcrumb, <laughs> like someone who has half a brain can put this all together. So I don't want to call anybody out. Will you so, tell me after? Yes, we're not I will tell you after <laughs> who it is. But I, you know, it was a, a newer account with only a few hundred followers. And I noticed that each of her posts on Instagram had like, I mean, if you do the math, like a 30% engagement rate when you would compare it to her follower count. And I was like, that's fucking wild, man. Like what's going on here? So of course I'm curious and I start clicking through posts and I start noticing that there is a pattern of who of the other accounts that are commenting. So then I just like take a step back and I think about it. And then I go and I do some, some more research and all of these accounts are managed by the same PR firm. Oh, interesting. So what was happening was, you know, they would either, they were maybe managing her social media account and they'd post something. And then that particular person would just log out of that account and log into the all the other ones that they were responsible for, and then like and comment. 
Wow. So now those are real accounts, mm-hmm. but the engagement is totally fake. It's like a PR pod. Yeah. Because that's the other thing I was going to say is when you're looking at the comments, like, and if you see the same thing where it's just the same people commenting over and over again, likely it's a pod and pods are bullshit. Sorry. I know some people like them, but I think Instagram hates them. FYI, (laughs) if you're doing a pod, Instagram hates them. Um, And I used to see this all the time on a few of my friends' accounts because like they were all in the same pod, right? Like all of their businesses. And it was just like, okay, these people always, oh my gosh, I love this. Oh, this, like, it's always some kind of fluffy, lame comment, right? (laughs) You just have to be willing to dig a little deeper before you start giving shit away for free or paying somebody. Yeah. So make sure you don't get screwed because if you're paying someone for the finger quote exposure, Mm -hmm. then you want to make sure that. The humans that are going to see it have actual eyeballs and actual thoughts and are going to leave real comments and potentially give you actual money back in exchange for what you've invested. The PR pod. That's interesting. I have never heard of that before. Yep. Wow. You know, I'll I'll spill the beans on who it was later. Everybody was like, fucking tell us. (laughs) I know. I want the tea. Give me the tea. Sorry. (laughs) Um, all right. So you were talking to about, is their audience actually your audience, right? So after you've dug around a little bit, figured out, okay, their audience seems legit. The next step then would be to figure out if it aligns with yours. Mm -hmm. Because if you're pitching wedding stuff or if like somebody approaches you and you're in the wedding industry and they are a mommy blogger, well... It's not necessarily super in line with who you're trying to target, right? Yeah. I get on occasion just total bullshit emails or DMs. This happens quite often in DMs now. Oh, um, yes. Right? You just get a bull. It's to- it's. I hope that people see these things and also realize it's bullshit. Maybe next time I get one, I should screenshot it and then we should share it in stories. And um, we won't block out their name. Just no, kidding. we won't. We won't because it's bullshit. <laughs> and I'm going to get for being that. stupid. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to me, they always feel like fake accounts. Like it's a scam. Yeah. Like it's actually a scam. But you want to make sure that it's in alignment with the type of people you want to be selling to. Um, right. You know, I'm in the wedding industry. When I get dms about um which i get why i get dms about this like outdoor gear or clothing because you know i play outside and i get dirty Mm -hmm. so it like quasi makes sense but like it makes no sense for my actual audience it makes sense for me as a person but not for the people that i'm creating content for they don't give a shit about like the newest and greatest outdoor puffy jacket. Right. Are you talking about your personal account? Yeah, my personal account. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you just want to make sure, like again, there's there's a couple levels of due diligence that you need to go through. And it is incumbent upon you to make sure that you've done the research and that the offer is actually something that might potentially benefit you in the short or long term. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I'll say too is about if somebody reaches out to you, you know, and you take a look at their account and their engagement is like, okay, nothing crazy, nothing stellar, but they're really good at creating beautiful content. That can also be really beneficial for you because then you get that user generated content, you know, that UGC, which if that makes financial sense for you, great. It's that's a different kind of influencer partnership, I would say. That's more on the side of a Air quotes, content creator. <laughs> beer, beer, beer. <laughs> I mean, that's my new, like, unofficial favorite uh, sound effect. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was mountain biking over the weekend, and I, I do this on occasion, like when I'm skiing or mountain biking, 
And I decided to just like have fun with it because no one can fucking hear me. But I was making all sorts of sound effects <laughs> while I was writing. And <laughs> I was like, this is way more fun when I make stupid sounds <laughs> while I'm doing this. No wonder people want to send you outdoor shit. <laughs> have you ever seen that episode of Friends where Rachel and Phoebe go running? And Phoebe runs Phoebe like run. she yes. runs like all crazy. Yes. <laughs> Yes. she's like it's more fun that way it's totally more fun guys playing outside is way more fun with sound effects so lean into it into it <laughs> you could be a sound effect influencer okay so we're gonna hard switch gears from sound effects to line item budgets Damn. All right. <laughs> transition the world has ever seen here um the other thing that everyone needs to keep in mind is that gifting product is a marketing expense, right? Like yep. even if, like you mentioned earlier, it's a physical product or you're giving away your time in services, mm -hmm. you should set a budget for what your business can afford to give away on a court, let's just say quarterly basis, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and once you hit that mark, unless it is some like outstanding, can't say no, I gotta do this opportunity mm -hmm. and you need to turn people down or say, you know, I can't do it right now. I've, I've exhausted my, you know, my budget for, for gifting for this quarter. Can we look at doing it in, you know, cute? two or three. And a personal example, like we we send our styling blocks to workshops and individuals like pretty regularly because they're they're decent it's a, a low enough price point that we don't have any hesitation on, you know, giving product away. But last year when I was like doing the full kind of like forensic on what we spent, I was like Fuck, we spent a lot on shipping. Mm, uh-huh. Right? Like, you know, I knew how much was going out the door every time we were sending a set or, you know, swag blocks. But I'm not the one who physically ships them. Cassie is in charge of all of that. Right. So then when I went in and ran the report at the end of the year, I was like, that number is a lot higher than I thought it would be. So now I know I'm better educated about figuring, like, knowing what the marketing expense is for gifting product. Um, but that's something that I definitely encourage everyone to, to do and be aware of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's something too, like, I think that a lot of obviously influencers don't take into account is the cost on your end. Cause they think like, Oh, well, you know, they're going to get so much out of it by sending this to me. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> there's, it still costs money. So even though we're not physically paying you to promote a product, we're, there's still money coming out of it from the business end of things. And I, I know like the beauty industry, uh, we get so much free beauty shit, right? Like without even asking for it. And I think it's because it just has such a low, uh, Oh my God. Why can't I think of the phrase? Like what it costs to produce it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> production cost. Thank you. <laughs> Has such a low production cost <laughs> that, you know, if they send us one bottle of something and we promote it and they sell even one, they've made back their money like three, four times over. But other things, it's not that way, you know, especially small businesses. Because at when you're a small business, most of the time you don't have a huge profit margin, right? You're you're just trying to get your shit off the ground and make some money. So you don't have a huge amount of wheel room to play with when it comes to gifting product and things like that. So if you're listening to this, don't be an asshole. Consider all the uh, all the money elements for everybody involved. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The next thing we're going to talk about is your favorite contracts. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> oh, it's so I good. want honest feedback from everyone. Do you like the sound effects? Are they annoying? I don't want any feedback from anyone. <laughs> I, I like the sound effects and we're keeping them forever. 
Contracts, 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 contracts. Can't stress this enough, man. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of uh, influencers are kind of not maybe, how do I say this nicely? Um, They don't have the highest level of business acumen. There you go. That works. (laughs) So a contract might not be top of mind for them, but it needs to be for you as the business owner. Uh, And, you know, you can even if it's something small, like you're gifting product, having just like a little one pager that they can sign that has, you know, the expectations outlined and then what you're gifting, all of those things just makes it nice and simple and clean because, you know, like I said, I've worked with a bunch of different product-based businesses who would send product to influencers with no contract and then just, poof, like nothing, nothing happened. (laughs) They just got free shit and left. Yeah. And that sucks. Sucks so bad. Yeah. I, so we made this locket um glitter guide did with ariel gordon jewelry who makes like really beautiful fine jewelry right and the lockets were expensive they were about i think they retailed for 2500 oh that is expensive yeah like it was like real gold they're beautiful jewelry yeah yeah and so we picked six influencers right to send these lockets to before the launch so they could wear them and promote them and all of this stuff was there a contract no no there was not two out of six of those influencers took their lockets and never posted a goddamn thing and i never got a locket because i because it was too expensive after we gave them out to the influencers the cost of gold and i'm like i literally helped fucking design the thing and i don't get one and these stupid influencers (laughs) Just took it and did nothing. One of them said she lost it and I could have kicked her in the teeth. I swear to God. And the other one was just like, I'm really busy and then just never responded. So again, influencers are entitled and lame. (laughs) So make sure if you're going to work with one that it's a good one and that you have a contract. Yes. That's so fucked. Yeah. Especially if you have something of a higher price point like that, please. Hello. You have to have a contract. Yes. Yes. Like I've had, we've sent, you know, some styling blocks to these like tiny little photography workshops and, you know, like random states. And I don't get butt hurt if they don't post about them, mm-hmm. like do behind the scenes stories or whatever. But yeah. if I sent someone a $2,500 product and didn't get something out of it, I would lose my shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm still bitter about it. And it was like two years ago. (laughs) I would be bitter about it too. I mean, like that's, I mean, that's unfortunately the perfect example of what we're talking about, right? Like these are the reasons why you need to understand what it costs you as a business owner, what you're going to get in return, have it down on paper and making sure that it's the right audience because you can get screwed and be out a lot of time, money, and effort. Yeah. And I've definitely had it where like I've put together, you know, like just a simple standard one page influencer agreement in exchange for product where they just go radio silent after you send it to them. And that should be your biggest red flag. (laughs) If they're anti a contract for even that time to go the like beat it. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, like you can leave out all of like the scary things, right? Like indemnification and like where you're going to have like settled disputes. Like you can leave all of that out. If the contract just says, this is what I'm sending you. This is what I, this is what you as the influencer are entitled to do. And by this date, like if they won't even sign that. Right. So bad. It's not not a good sign for how the rest of the partnership will go. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And I feel like it's needless to say, too, that if you are, in fact, doing a paid influencer uh, placement, your money is exchanging hands. Contracts are non-negotiable, even more important than if you're you're sending product. But you guys already knew that. 
right? Yeah, because <laughs> you guys are here and you listen to us talk about contracts all the time. Contracts. <laughs> all right. So let's kind of go and wrap it up with talking about how to approach one. So say you do want to work with an influencer. You've found one that's your shining star. They're exactly aligned with your audience. They have great engagement where you like whatever platform you want them to have good engagement on. What next? My what next is a don't do this. (laughs) And because uh, saying things in the negative form of the statement tends to stick into people's brains better. Uh, So do not send a generic email that starts with, hey, friend. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. Don't do that. (laughs) Because if you've actually done your research and identified them as this unicorn of an opportunity that you actually want to work with, you have to send something that's personal. Yeah. Generic emails have a a time and place, like there's a time and place for them. But sure. in this instance, that is not the case. Um, so at, even if you are using a, you know, an email that you've sent before and it's more templated than not, mm-hmm. please, sweet baby Jesus, like at least put their name in it somewhere. Right. Like, yes. don't don't have it be something that you literally could copy and paste in its entirety and send to another human and it would be appropriate. Because everyone can tell when you do that. <laughs> like, yes, you're not fooling anyone. No. And people no. like Samantha and I will delete it without even Ooh. responding. Yep. Just delete. I won't even move it to a different folder. I will just delete it out of my inbox. Yep. I, I think that when you're reaching out to someone um, to work with them, obviously, even if it's just for product and not for for payment, think of it as a, a cover letter almost, right? Like you're pitching yourself. It's a job. You're pitching yourself to work with someone else. So you should think of it that way. You wouldn't apply for a job with a generic I think I'd be a good fit for this company because I am an excellent worker. Please hire me. Thank you. Me. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, please don't do that. <laughs> no, no. And part of that pitch should include what's in it for them, right? Like, yeah. what's the benefit that they receive by taking time out of their schedule? to create content for you, right? right? Like outside of just getting the product or service. So yeah. you really do need to like sit down and think this shit through before deciding to, to hit send on an email. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, I have definitely <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of pitches from brands, personal and glitter guide who ask for an awful lot for a tiny bit of product, you know, like where someone will be like, I would like to send you this moisturizer in exchange for a blog post and a social media. And I'm like, what? A dedicated newsletter. (laughs) Fuck all the way off. You have to think about going back to, you know, that budget, those line items, it's a marketing expense. How much value is it worth for you? And you've got to include that in your pitch to them, right? Expect kind of a, a tit for tat little yep. reciprocation there if you will. Yep. And when you're when you're thinking about what your ask is going to be, mm-hmm. what you just said like made this immediately pop into my mind. You should be sending product that is about equal to w- what your ask is. Yeah. So, right, like a dedicated email newsletter for most companies, that's like the thing that they hold close like close to their chest because Mm -hmm. it's hard to build an email list. You don't want to exhaust it with bullshit, you know, newsletters that don't mean anything to them. So if you are going to go so far as to ask for something like that, the value of the product or service that you, you are offering to the finger quote influencer should be 
like in the th- probably thousands of dollars range. Correct. Like you really want to make it an equitable trade. Correct. Yeah. So I say yep. that and I look like the the emoji with its because <laughs> I mean, right, like, you know, source code's email list is approaching four thousand people, which is like pretty big for a little business. Yeah. And so I'm not gonna just like willy-nilly email the people on it. So like when someone asks me, hey, can I can I get in to your you know newsletter calendar i'm like you better be offering me something good right exactly yes newsletters especially because those people are gold newsletter subscribers are i think far more valuable than any other social media platform followers um so (laughs) unless you've got something good i would hold off on the newsletter stuff but you know if you're offering a product that has a lower price point, Instagram stories are great, right? Things like that are awesome. Even if you can talk them into an Instagram post, depending on the ratio of, you know, followers and engagement to the the price point, there's a lot of things to consider here. And I think that's why a lot of people too like to work with micro influencers to get started, which is a great idea because micro influencers are a good way to get your product in front of new eyeballs, but also make it more of a fair exchange. You know, like if you're a newer brand who most people don't know about, you should be working with influencers that have a a smaller scale so you can get more for your ask, I think. Yeah. And a micro influencer tends to be a really targeted audience. So it might even be a better strategy to just like, thread the needle with someone who is got an ideal audience for for your for your business as opposed to like I'm you know I shit on Jenna Kutcher I hate Jenna Kutcher um she's the sorry um right but like you could spend an actual truckload of money and Mm -hmm. have her post about your product or service and it could do close to nothing or you could go for someone who has a very small but very engaged audience that actually trusts them and turns to them for advice. Like that's the that's the thing that we're all looking for. Like right. who are the people that actually move others to action? Yes. And so follower count has nothing to do with that. Yep. It always goes back to those vanity numbers. Just because someone has a big audience doesn't mean they have an engaged audience. And doesn't mean that they have an audience that converts, right? That's a thing. Like, and if you're going to do a bigger platform, like say you want to work with a Jenna Kutcher or somebody with that kind of reach, I would ask them for case studies, you know, like how was the conversion on these past product or these past partnerships for you? Because it's obviously going to be a bigger investment for you, whether it's paid product, whatever. I would ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. They might not give you the information, but it never hurts to ask. Yeah. And honestly, if somebody that with that size of a business isn't going to share at least some sort of insight, mm-hmm. that's a flag. Mm-hmm. Big because time. Jenna Kutcher is a is far from just being Jenna Kutcher sitting in her fucking room hustling, right? Like she has staff and employees and when more you run people business, guide does <laughs> <laughs> so when you have a business that's that size like they should know those numbers because it sure. it gives them what they need to negotiate right so like yeah ask ask yeah. Ask, ask yeah and you know i i definitely get that question from brands that that hit us up and I, to me, it's important to give them that honest information because if it's not a partnership that's going to be successful, what's the point? Like, you don't want to just take their money and run. <laughs> like, that makes you a shitty person. <laughs> yes. It needs to be a two way street here. Yes. yes. So, the last little piece this is like my personal preference. 
because I'm a very concise person uh-huh. is to just make your ask kind of cut to the chase. Sure. Like, don't write a novel. Don't put someone in a position where like you need to have multiple phone calls with them in order to get this deal done. I don't like, want to have any phone calls, to be honest. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I don't have time and it's not necessary for something like this. No, no. I'm currently trying to either get someone to close a deal or get off the pot. Mm -hmm. And I have a phone call with her today. And I'm like, this is like the fourth fucking phone call. And this deal, the size of this deal has significantly changed, meaning gotten a shit ton smaller than what was originally discussed. I'm like, at this point, I don't even fucking want to talk to you anymore. Yep. So mm-hmm. don't make people feel that way because they're way less likely to want to work with you in the first place and or again in the future. Yes. So like, you need to make it quick, easy, and painless for brands or finger quote influencers that you are pitching. Yes. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've like, been hit up via email by brands and they've said we want to partner want to discuss a partnership opportunity and I'm like okay great they ask if we can hop on a call and I say okay cool here's our media kit with all of our paid opportunities so we can discuss these you know and a lot of well and a lot of brands from there they you know they want to talk about affiliate payments which is not a, a a direct payment and I tell them you know like that's that's not something we have our affiliate programs that we use, but I'm not going to hop on a call for an affiliate chat. Okay, okay, we want to discuss partnership opportunities, and then we get on the fucking call, and all they want to talk about is affiliate payments. I'm like, you just wasted my time, and now I don't want to promote your brand at all, affiliate or not. Like, it's such a turnoff. <laughs> so yeah. don't if you're gonna like try to entice a brand or an influencer to work with you <laughs> by promising something and then pulling back and under delivering like that's bullshit. Don't do that. Don't do that. So the long and short of it is just like, be honest, be kind and have realistic expectations. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty simple. You know, again, I'm not the biggest fan of influencers. I think that the ratio of people who are doing it correctly compared to those who are sad wannabes who just are entitled little assholes is <laughs> it's too big of a discrepancy for me but you know it can be valuable i know it's valuable for some people and they really love it i okay i was listening to one of my true crime podcasts yesterday And there's a clothing brand that advertised on it that is a small clothing brand that I know and that I've seen like work with some of my friends before. And it just felt so like, what, what is this? Why are you on a a murder podcast for your cute California casual clothing? It felt very weird and like not in line with the brand at all. So I think you have to think about what your audience is going to see too. like. Do your research on who you want to promote your brand because God forbid you get a secret like Trumper or something. <laughs> Don't do it. I would die. Can if you I imagine? Would, I would die. <laughs> I would just give up. I'd just shut down my business and start over. <laughs> Next. Uh, this is a sign. <laughs> uh, but. I think that was some good bitching. What'd you think? Yeah, it was. We definitely bitched, but there was a lot of helpful information in here. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, if anybody ever just wants to bitch about social media and influencers, hit me up. I'm your girl because I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. I have, I can give names. I'm happy to provide uh, screenshots and examples. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're like, I have a whole folder full of receipts to prove all of my Dropbox link. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not that petty. 
I told you about my high school friend who like takes screenshots for yes. receipts, right? Like yes. he will fucking blast them all over. I see them mostly on Facebook and I'm like, don't fuck with that guy. He's got receipts. Yep. <laughs> Do you follow the account influencers in the wild? Okay, so I did for a hot minute and then I got real fucking annoyed. I couldn't even follow it. I know. It makes me sad for humanity. It truly yeah. does because it's just like, why? Why are we like this? This makes me feel like we're losing brain cells as a population when this is what we're focusing on. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but I digress. Yeah. So I think that's probably a good place to end it <laughs> before <laughs> I go off on a really un- intense emotional tangent. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's the world we live in, guys. Influencers are here. There's nothing we can do about it. Might as well utilize them the best way we can. All right. So we will have some show notes for you up on Pretty Okay Podcast. Um, If you want to see us influencing, you can follow us on Instagram at Pretty Okay Podcast. We do a lot of hashtag sponsored posts. So don't get mad. (laughs) Just kidding. You're saying saying all this with such the straightest. (laughs) Send us free shit. Um, DM me for my mailing address. (laughs) Just kidding. (sighs) Next week, maybe we'll be back with a little less spiteful episode. No, (laughs) no. Next week, we'll all just be sponsored paid placement content. Hey, a girl's got to eat. Girls got to eat. Girls got to eat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gotta make that money. <laughs> beow, beow, beow. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.